hello again. This time we are talking about the southern island of New Zealand. This is Address Unknown, episode 6.2. Back again, we are Farber and Jonica, and as we stated during episode 6.1, we needed to break this one up. The reason being, New Zealand just had too much of a good thing to offer. So many good things. And we were only here for a short time. Believe it or not, two and a half weeks, not enough time in New Zealand. No. We left off as we were about to catch the ferry on our travels down to the South Island via the Blue Ridge Ferry Line from Wellington to the small port town of Picton, New Zealand. There is another line that runs parallel to Blue Ridge called the Inter-Islander. They're basically the same. They run on two different schedules. The cost is the same. But these are large ferries that will take people from the northern island of New Zealand to the southern island. They're probably not any different from each other. It's just that there can't be a ferry monopoly. Yeah, New Zealanders probably don't want to see a monopoly on the one ferry transportation that goes between the two islands. Mm-hmm. It is a three and a half to four hour ride. It costs us 87 US dollars for the two of us to walk on. You can drive your car on or drive a camper van. It's going to cost more to do so. But for us, it was easy to hop on this thing and hop right off once we got there. You can also book private cabins if needed. Little extra spend. In our case, we thought not necessary considering this was early morning. We were going to be there by about noon. And Mark can nap anywhere. He doesn't need a private cabin. So give him a chair, some rocking. He's good. Aside from my ability to nap just about anywhere, this was a like a, a, a dining room setup, if you will. It was just like tables and chairs. You can go anywhere you want to. You could sit. You could get up. You could go down to your private cabin. Or you could hang out while on board. You can take advantage of all the food options that they have. This includes breakfast. You can have coffee and tea. You can buy wine if you want to. To be clear, these are all extra costs, but available while on the ferry. It is three and a half, four hours. You may get hungry. Mm -hmm. A little little peckish. People were going crazy for the breakfast buffet. Yeah, we we were surprised. It was massive. Yeah, it was like less than 10 US dollars. I came back from the bathroom at one point and... Mark had made best friends with two uh, 85-year-olds from the Midwest. And so we got to talk to them for most of the ride over to Pinkton. Pat. (laughs) She was so sweet. She was very sweet. Pat was from Appleton, Wisconsin. She told me several times. I heard all about her children, their grandchildren, what her son does. He was a diplomat in the Middle East. He was there. He was very smart. He gave us a lot of tips. He was great to talk to. Um, it's just funny, right? The people that you meet on these longer journeys, if you will. And also the fact that there are Midwest people everywhere. And we are oddly drawn to each other. I feel like you just end up talking to them. Anyway, once we got over to Picton, we got off of the ferry. Because since we were walk-ons, we walked off. And then they put us on this bus and brought us to the terminal where people could get their bags if they had checked them. Uh, we thought that it would be faster for us to get off the bus at that point and walk to our Airbnb. But 
we were idiots and that was not the case. Row going to our Airbnb was closed. Not a huge deal, but it was a warm day. And so we were a little hot and sore by the time we got to our Airbnb. We should have just stayed on the bus, asked where it was going. It dropped off literally right in front of our Airbnb. But, you know, you learn. You just ask more questions. That's what we need to do. But the Airbnb that we stayed in in Picton was amazing. Picton is a small port town in the heart of the Marlboro Sounds. And our place had this beautiful balcony, which looked out directly over the port. Stunning views. Incredible. It was big, having lived in New York for so long, with not a lot of space, let's say. It was twice the size of a New York apartment. Yeah, it was huge. More than enough for two people. It was massive. We arrived on Monday, which was their Labor Day. So a lot of things were closed, but we found a cafe just down the, the road from us. And we had a lovely lunch. We sat outside. It was warm. The sun was shining. We were right on the beach. And we were like, oh, my God, we love it here. It was like almost complete, no offense to Wellington, but it was almost like complete night and day from how we felt about Wellington. But then I think we had this epiphany that it was like, I don't think it's really was Wellington. And sure, maybe it's a little bit of here, but like we weren't sick anymore. Holy shit. We felt so much better. Finally. Finally, we felt better, and that played a huge role in mm-hmm. just how we were experiencing everything. Your perception of the entire, the entire place was yeah. different. Yeah. Our level of happiness was was huge when we were in Picton. Um, so we spent the afternoon exploring the town, and again, this is a very small town. I think four thousand people live in Picton. We got some groceries, we had some wine on our patio, kind of took it easy because the next morning we had booked a wine tour because, of course, we're in the heart of Sav country. That is New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, my drink of choice no matter where I am in the world. So I was in heaven. I could not wait to drink my weight in Sav. Uh, that day we went to, to five different vineyards. And again, on the site, uh, as we mentioned in the previous episode, we'll go into a little bit more detail on these things. The tour that we took, the operator, and all of the vineyards that we stopped at, what we purchased. But a couple that stood out to us was our first stop at Nautilus, which was beautiful. And then Wither Hills, which was also an extremely beautiful, beautiful place that we also had lunch at. Had a ton of fun. If you've ever done a wine tour, a booze cruise, you know, the bourbon trail, any of these things, you start out in these groups and everyone's kind of quiet and keeping to themselves. And then obviously a couple of stops in or a couple of glasses in and you start to become real chatty and and make friends with the people next to you. Uh, So that was that was super fun. We had a great day. Drink a lot of great wines. Yeah, to be just to be clear, we were the youngest people on that tour. So <laughs> this it, is a theme. This it, is this is the theme. We it started out a little bit strange in that sense because <laughs> we walk in, we're the last ones to get to the tour, and then we are the youngest ones there. And so, as Jonica had said, once we pass two wineries, the conversations start to evolve and the questions come out. Yeah, yeah, it was super fun. There was a lot of great people on that tour. The next morning, I mean, I think we went home and probably like fell asleep pretty quickly because a lot of wine was had. That's but... exactly. Don't, not probably. That's exactly. Right. 
I don't have any pictures after we left the tour, so I'm assuming that's what happened. Um, but the next morning, we had booked another tour that day. We wanted to make the most of our time in Picton, and we went out on a boat tour of the Sound. Once again, as the day before, as the day before that, the weather was absolutely perfect. While on the boat, we saw tons of dusky dolphins. I've never seen them before. They're much smaller than bottlenose dolphins that we have in the States and usually see at the zoo. Um, So they're super fast and they're very curious and they came up to the boat a lot. We saw a lot of fur seals, tons of different birds. We were told that a lot of them were rare. Um, we, we don't know. We are not birders, <laughs> to be clear. That just just full disclosure. We don't. We're not birders. I think so. if you were a birder, you would have been super stoked. Losing your mind. There was a lot of yeah. rare birds that were spotted that Jonica and I did not have no. the ability to appreciate. Yeah. No. No clue. Um, but lots of birds. We got off the boat and did a hike up to this point where the British explorer Captain James Cook had come to shore and had planted the British flag. To claim it as British territory, obviously. They weren't straightforward with the Maori people about what this meant. And there's a lot of history between Captain Cook and New Zealand and Australia, much like our history, obviously, in the U.S. with Columbus. Um, so Very similar. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were colonizers. And so many people know this. This is not new. But for those who are not familiar, yeah, it was a very similar situation with Columbus to America, where you took the land from the native people who'd been there for a You pretended like you were friends with them, pretending like, hey, we can all live together in harmony, and then turns out, guess what? No. But there are still a lot of monuments to him, a lot of just history about him throughout both New Zealand and Australia. So anyway, got back that evening. We went to an Irish pub around the corner from our place. I don't think that we would have picked to necessarily have gone there, but by the time we got back from the boat tour, there was not a lot open. But we walked in and, hell, you would have thought you were in Ireland, which, you know, you can basically find an Irish pub in every town across the world. So there was a table full of people playing classic Irish songs At one point, this woman, she was probably 85 years old, showed up and she could play the violin like I have. I don't know if they call it a fiddle at that point. I don't know. But like no one's business. It was incredible. It was super fun to watch. Decent dinner. Talked to some other tourists that came and sat with us. So yeah, the band, the band was getting paid in in Guinness. Yeah. So these boys and the 85 year old woman who was playing the, the fiddle just played the whole night. And she was drinking like she, massive pours of red wine, so she was. Everyone was having. A they good were working. Time. They were working for liquid. They, you know, they were pretending they were Irish. You got to do what you got to do. So, it was super fun. But we headed home because we needed to once again catch an early ride in the morning. Yeah, our 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 trip thus far through New Zealand has been very go go go, and with that comes another intercity bus trip the next morning. Mm-hmm. This time, heading to Christchurch. Since we were on a budget, it was 86 U.S. dollars for the two of us to take the bus down six hours. Mm-hmm. It was 200 each to fly. Let's save some money. And it turns out this was a beautiful way to see the country. It was really pretty. The, the bus took the entire eastern coast down from Picton to Christchurch. 
it was like taking the the, the number one highway up through California, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw sheep farms. We saw fur seals. Even though it was long, it was really actually a great way for us to see a part of the country that we would have flown over otherwise. We took a few rest stops along the way. We stopped in a Kura. Looks like a great place. We unfortunately didn't have time to stay for more than a half hour, but would highly suggest, given the opportunity of someone driving through the southern island of New Zealand, take a few nights, stay in Kaukuru. Mm-hmm. A little fun fact, we've talked about sheep a lot on this trip. There are, so many sheep. There are over 25 million sheep in New Zealand. In comparison, Ireland, also known for its sheep, only has about 4 million. While it's almost four times larger than Ireland... That's still a lot of sheep. So much sheep stuff. And the crazy thing is that you can't get lamb here in the grocery store. Not as though it doesn't exist, but the like prime cuts that we're used to in the United States, like lamb chops, aren't available. Yeah. And, and our assumption, we don't know this, we've asked people, but it comes down to the fact that we believe most of the lamb is actually exported it's a good it's a good export because of the time of year it is which is springtime here in New Zealand there are baby lambs everywhere so every time you're driving you go field to field to field to field like it's insane like you you never stop seeing sheep and these sheep they have twins a lot of times sometimes they'll have triplets and there's so there's all these babies running around and they're so cute yeah, we promised this will be the last time we talk about sheep or lambs. I don't know, maybe. As far as, we've talked about them in episode five, but now we're talking about I'm them in 6.2. Them. It's a lot of lamb in New Zealand mm-hmm. and a lot of sheep. After the six-hour bus ride, we arrived in Christchurch at the bus station, giving us enough time to grab some lunch and then head to our Airbnb, which was this time located about 20 minutes outside of downtown. This was a special Airbnb. The reason being, this was run... By Stephen and Wendy Dunn, who are the brother and sister-in-law of our good friends Brad and Stephanie Dunn, who live in the U.S. I grew up with Stephanie. She married Brad, who's a Kiwi, and now they live in Utah. So it was a great opportunity to be with the locals, get a New Zealand feel for the area. They even invited us over for wine and like appetizers when we arrived. Gave us a little rundown of Christchurch, what to expect. Although Jonica spent most of the time petting Phoebe, their dog. <laughs> it's true. We also shared stories about Brad and Steph because um, they lived in New Zealand for a number of years. They met in New Zealand. This is true. Stephen and Brad could not look or sound more alike. It was basically like talking to, to Brad. It was... the, yeah, the Dungeons roll hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very deep. Um, it, it was so nice to have another amazing local connection. So, so yeah. Yeah, the, the, we got into Christchurch. It was a beautiful 80 degrees and sunny. That was amazing. Went to sleep. We woke up. It's a balmy 50 degrees and raining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not great. Not what we're looking to, to have. But before we get into our day in Christchurch and what we did... Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. 
This is episode 6.2, Address Unknown. As Jonica mentioned in the previous episode, we had to break this up because of the amount of activity and coverage we wanted to go through as far as the time we've had in New Zealand. Too much amazingness in New Zealand. So we were talking about Christchurch. We are heading out on day one. It is a cold and windy day. Temperature had dropped 30 degrees overnight. And we learned that this is not uncommon in New Zealand. So the weather patterns are crazy. One day it's sunny, the next day it's raining, the next day it could be snowing, and then sunny again. There's like no no rhyme or reason. No. You can't pack away any of your clothes, apparently. There's no putting away the winter clothes and taking out the summer clothes. I don't know how they do this. No. They pull it off somehow. It doesn't sound like a thing. So as we talked about, we, we were a little bit outside of town in this Airbnb. We got on a local bus, quick 15, 20-minute ride in. It cost us each $2. Yes. The Great. buses in this country are, are great, I will say. Our first stop, once in downtown Christchurch, was an outdoor goods store. The reason being, we needed to buy hats. We needed to buy gloves. Yeah, we were cold. We didn't want to get sick again. No. Yeah. Very worrisome. That, and we knew where we were going in the future. We were heading down further south to Milford Sound. It was going to be even more cold. Potentially. So, so let's get what we need in this in well in Christchurch. Feeling a bit warmer, we jumped on the Christchurch tram. It's about a $20 ride for, for each adult. It is uh, a hop-on, hop-off option. This is not the double-decker buses you see in most major cities. This is an old, we're talking 100-plus-year-old tram system. It's like the San Francisco streetcar. Vintage. Ding, ding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, like, all said and done, the ride is an hour long if you stay on it. The best part is, since it is hop-on and hop-off, you can go and explore the city at different stopping points. So you can spend half a day doing this. You can spend an hour or half a day. Mm -hmm. This was mostly highlighting the areas around the city and what has changed since February of 2011 when they were hit with a huge earthquake. Yeah. It was was leveled. I mean, I... I remember hearing about it. I remember hearing about the earthquake and how catastrophic it was. And being there, it's crazy to see how much had to be rebuilt. Um, I'm sure, I'm not 100% sure. I think they'd had earthquakes before, but obviously nothing of this magnitude. I think 90% of the city was lost. Yeah, and it was like they used to have really tall buildings. Now I think the max you can build is four or five stories. Many more regulations in place. A lot of people left the city never to return just because they were so traumatized by what happened. There are still lots where there aren't buildings because they were tore down and never rebuilt. There are churches that are still being restored and rebuilt. So it really had a huge, huge effect on the city. So you learned a lot about that as you're riding along on this tram. So we jumped off at one point and got lunch at Fiddlesticks. This is a place actually that one of the tram drivers had recommended. And because of that, naively, I just thought it'd be kind of divey, approachable food. But no, it was actually pretty fancy. There were definitely some power lunches happening in there. But it was it was very good. Very good food. After that, we headed to the Raven's Car House, which is a museum. Super cool backstory. Jim and Susan Wakefield began collecting art in the 80s when they lived in Auckland. After a number of years, they moved to a suburb of Christchurch, where they built a very large house. An elaborate. Yes, and garden in in the style of Frank Lloyd Wright. They had planned to gift the house and the art within the house to the people of Christchurch. 
but the earthquake of 2011 damaged the house beyond repair. Luckily for them and for us, a lot of the artwork survived. Because they couldn't gift the house anymore, they decided to build a museum. So the current museum is built on the site of an old car park, and construction started on that in 2019, and the museum was open to the public in mid-2021. Super cool. As you walk through the museum, you go through the dining room, the bedroom, the living room, and the office, and most of the furniture and rugs are from the original house and as you walk into each room you see a photo of how that room was within the original house so some of the rooms are a little bit closer in layout to how they were in the house some of them are not but it's very cool to be able to walk into the room kind of get a feel for all of that furniture and the artwork that would have been within the four walls of that room that they actually used and loved yeah so what's interesting is that it's the juxtaposition between the outside of the building Mm -hmm. and the inside and how they built it similar to how these two people lived Mm -hmm. yeah because the outside is a modern concrete very angular structure their house was very mid-century modern with a little bit of asian flair it felt like but this building is very very modern but each of the rooms is kind of like a blank canvas. Their art is great. I loved a lot of their artwork. Predominantly New Zealand artists. I was like, oh, I would like to have that on the walls of my house. A fun little find that I think we were surprised to to stumble upon. And you can hop on and hop off the tram and it's right there. This yes. is one of the stops. Yes, it's true. They don't call it out. I don't know how many people know it's there, honestly. This was a good find. Yeah, it was. So after that, we walked around the city a bit more. The sun was starting to come out. It stopped raining. And went and grabbed a drink at the historic OGB bar. And this was named, it was the original Original government building. building. It's where the administrative offices were prior to the earthquake. Yes. So it's now a hotel. It's a building that survived the earthquake. And a cool place to grab a cool drink. We then also walked down to this very interesting street that just the tram went down. Oh, yeah, St. Regent Street is what it's known as. Yeah. Very, very interesting street. You can look it up. And we went to a bar called The Last Word. Yeah, St. Regent Street. There's a tram track down the middle. And then on both sides, there's two stories, and they mirror each other. So you have these two-story buildings that the balconies are the same on both sides, or the awnings are the same on both sides. It looks fake, but it's not. It looks like a movie set. Yeah. But it's very cool. It's a bunch of restaurants, bars, record stores, mm-hmm. crepe shops, etc. As Jonica mentioned, we did stop at the last word, which, as a side note, this is an incredible and very affordable scotch and whiskey bar. So, great selections. For anybody who wants to step away from the Sauve Blanc for a day. Sauve, just call it Sauve. You'll find a a Bible of whiskey and scotch from all over the world. And again, very affordable pricing. Very affordable. Yeah, one thing that we haven't really called out is that the U.S. dollar right now is incredibly strong in New Zealand. So while prices are already approachable, they're even more so. So you can get some... Real good things to drink that normally would cost a lot of money in the States, and they do not in New Zealand. All right, 
So after that, we jumped back on the bus to head back to the Airbnb, got some sushi takeout and called it a night because the next morning we are flying to Queenstown. And that again is where we are right now. This is our last city that we are visiting in New Zealand. And this is our last full day in New Zealand as well. So we landed in Queenstown after a quick one hour and 15 minute flight. And we took New Zealand air, which meant that Mark got the cookie of his dreams. Uh, listen, anybody who's ever in New Zealand is probably familiar with this cookie brand, Cookie Time. We've never heard of it. <laughs> I'm not a cookie fan, but on New Zealand air, they give you a cookie and coffee midway through the flight. It's a Cookie Time cookie. I, I don't know what the special sauce is, but it was an amazing cookie, and I've tried to find it throughout our time here in Queenstown. They sell cookie time everywhere. There's literally gas station, a shop on uh, Main yeah. Street here in Queenstown that is a cookie time shop where you can go get all the cookies and ice cream and all the things and they don't have this type of cookie. Mark is losing his mind and he might not ever have one again because we might not ever fly New Zealand Air again. I've searched the interwebs for the for the flavor and where you can purchase it, how you can get it. It's led me down a dark hole without a resp- without a, a solution or an answer. I'm I'm lost. Might just be a fond memory. At any rate, we jumped on the bus at the airport and we headed down to the town center. Best way to get on the bus is they give you this B card, which is essentially a metro card. It's a tap on tap off system. You can add time to it if you want to on their website. The most efficient or means, on the bus or on the bus. Most mm-hmm. efficient means by which to travel by city bus. New Zealand was ahead of many, many states in this way. Yeah. Like I said, I'll say it again. Buses in New Zealand, top notch. Yeah. I mean, 30-minute ride Mm -hmm. from the airport to the city, quick and easy. We walked to our Airbnb. We should mention that we've been really lucky um, in that we've been contacting the hosts of our Airbnbs in advance if we are going to be arriving before check-in. Most of the time, they've been pretty amicable to letting us in early. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, if you're traveling, you're carrying a backpack, you don't want to carry this around until the check-in time because they can usually be between anywhere like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m. We get here, and there's a great patio. It overlooks the gondola heading up the mountain. We, we literally we sit on this patio. There's paragliders landing. There's people uh, mountain biking by. It's just this like beautiful, beautiful setup. Really lucky. So on day one, we said, let's take that gondola ride up. We took this to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. We did. I almost passed out. It's very steep. Very, fa- very steep. Yeah, we found the gondola was a bit expensive. This was a $30 U.S. ride for a cent in five minutes. And it was $30 each. $30 each, top to bottom. Really what you're paying for is once you get to the top, you get the views of the entire Queenstown area and the lake that are just abuts these mountains. Mm-hmm. Amazing views of Lake Wakatipu. Queenstown is known as the adventure capital of the world. So you see people literally doing everything from bungee jumping, skydiving. There's these shark boats that are sort of like a submersible, which they take out on the lake. There's boat tours. There's the luge and needless to say, several, several mountain biking operations everywhere. Yeah, if you want to do anything that'll get your heart rate up, you can do it here. Very, very pretty view from the top, but... Very scary to me. Um, So after this, after taking the gondola back down, 
we headed home to get ready for a very fancy dinner that I had booked back when I still had a paycheck. Mark was not happy with me at all, but he never is when I do these sort of things. And then he loves them and thanks me profusely after the experience. God damn, I'm happy this was purchased when you still had a job and we were still working because <laughs> this would have been unattainable in today's yeah. today's lifestyle. Here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, one of my favorite things to do is to Google the best restaurants and the places that I am going and to check out the list of 50 best restaurants in the world. Um, and while doing this, I found Amesfield. I mean, the chef, the, the head chef of Amesfield used to work at Noma. The reason why someone created the documentary chef's table. So this guy was one of those guys. It is a restaurant and a winery overlooking Lake Hayes, about 20 minutes outside the town center. The interior was rustic and minimal. It had this huge window overlooking the lake and the mountains, a roaring fire, it was probably only about 10 to 12 tables. I did not know this when I booked it, but it was a 20-course tasting menu. And obviously, we had to get the wine pairing. We sat down and started eating at 7.30 and did not stop eating and left at midnight. So, out of those 20, now that we've gone back through and reviewed the menu and compared it to all the pictures that we took, because who can remember 20 dishes... What was uh, what was your favorite? So, this this is an ironic one. I'm not usually a dessert person. Um, I'm but, seeing a theme here. But aside from from my new interest in desserts, um, there was the the final dessert we got, which was the deer antler ice cream, and this was not the. If you picture this, you have a deer skull, and in place of the antlers was what had to have been nitrogen-frozen ice cream because it came out looking like an antler. Yeah. And as the antler was placed down on your plate, it was covered in uh, a demi-glaze of, like, beet juice. So you have this, like, blood-red liquid flowing over a deer antler, which is slowly melting. And the best part about the deer antler is that it was 11% deer milk fat. So never had deer milk in my life, let alone 11% milk of any kind. Covered in the, the beet juice demi-glaze. That was my favorite, by yeah. far. Presentation and flavor. Yep. It was very good. And dear, what, what was your favorite, I have to ask? My favorite was, it seemed very simple and it was kind of weird to eat, but it was a duck foot that they had taken all of the bones out of it and replaced the nails with, uh, with truffle. So it was basically like a duck confit with truffle, but just the foot. It was creepy yet beautiful and yummy in my tummy. It looked like a web duck foot. It was a duck foot. Yeah. That's why it looked like that. Yeah, it tasted like it too. So it's fried goodness. It was very good. Now, it was an incredible experience. I feel so fortunate and very happy that we got to enjoy that together. As if there was not enough wine at dinner... Jonica had booked us another wine tour on day two. To be clear, this was not a Sauvignon Blanc-focused wine tour. So the South Island is predominantly Pinot Noirs, Rosés, darker wines. Yep, due to the climate. Yeah, and uh, on the Minnesota tip, uh, of course, there was a couple on our tour from Minnesota. And Mark went to uh, 
to high school and graduated with their daughter. I graduated with their daughter. Small world. Minnesotans everywhere. Yep. Again, this will be going on the website, both the company we had booked it through the operator as well as the vineyards we stopped at. The next day, I went bungee jumping. This was my, like, check check box for, uh, for Queenstown. Mm-hmm. For this, I went to the source, which was A.J. Hackett Bungee Jumping Center. A.J. Hackett is the gentleman who invented the sport of bungee jumping. This goes back to 1988, where he founded the sport in Queenstown. There are now several locations in which you can do this. I chose the original spot, which was the, the Kawarau Bridge. And honestly, the advancements have led to a very safe experience. I know my mom was like, real worried, but there was middle-aged, older folks, all different age groups jumping. This was not something that uh, was unsafe by any means, as far as I can. You're middle-aged. Yeah, a lot of people appreciate it, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> I will, I will say, and Jonathan may have her, her opinion on this, but it's a short rush for the money. We're talking, it was a 140-foot drop. It was four to five seconds and cost roughly 150 U.S. dollars. So you're getting close to $40, $50 a second. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say there's no shame in my amazing 20-course meal versus your couple of seconds bungee jumping. I'd say I, I enjoyed my... I had my advice. Mm-hmm. After that, we went on a very steep hike, or a tramp, as they call it here. We did the Queenstown Hill, which I will say is a horrible name, because you are literally tramping up a mountain, a very steep mountain, the entire ascent. I definitely dropped some F-bombs. My calves still hurt. I think the top is higher than where the gondola lets you out. But we did it, and we saw some wild goats on the way down. All right. The last adventure day, yesterday. And was it a day? We, we knew this was going to be a fully chalked day of activities. What we didn't realize is that when we booked the trip for the Milford Sound, it was going to be a 12-hour adventure. It's a must-do. It's something you have to go see. But be prepared. It's not close. No. But it's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. The Milford Sound is about four hours away from Queenstown, but so, 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 so worth it. We woke up at 5.30 a.m. to be at the pickup location about a 20 minutes walk away for our 6.30 a.m. departure. Our first stop was at Lake Teano, which is also a town. It is also the second largest lake in New Zealand. So, we've seen the third largest, we saw the second largest, we did not see the largest, which was Lake Taupo. It is about an hour outside of Rotorua on the North Island. A lot of people do go there. We didn't have time, but if you do, make it happen. We then made a lot of stops in the Fiordland National Park. We saw the mountains that were the Misty Mountains in the Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring. I geeked out. I love the Lord of the Rings. I knew right away what they were. I got to see my first glacier. We saw many glacier rivers and falls. We filled up our water bottles in a glacier river. We saw many of the big Kia birds, which are apparently rare, but we saw a lot of them. We saw snow-topped mountain ranges. And then... We went through a tunnel that was drilled through the mountain and dropped down into the sound, and it was pure magic. 
That's correct. Yeah, we offloaded. We got onto the boat. There's a small family-run operation that goes out into the Milford Sound. It's about a two-hour ride, I'd say, more or less. But what you're seeing is incredible. It is literally mountain cliffs jutting out of the water. You have waterfalls coming down the cliffs. We saw the Pixie and the Fairy Falls. As Jonica mentioned, snow-capped mountains right on an ocean. It, yeah. it, nothing Sound. like it I've ever seen before. It was windy, it was cold, but not that bad. We got to see several penguins and lots of fur seals. We saw penguins. We hadn't seen penguins before, and these were my first wild penguins that I had ever seen. The Fjordland Crested Penguin. You know, the ones with the crazy yellow eyebrows? They are an endangered species. There's only about 3,000 of them nesting right now in the world. They Mm -hmm. do mate for life. They're little guys. They're not like the big yeah, ones you see so at the at the uh, zoo. They're small. They're like nine inches tall. It took me a while to even be able to see them. I, I couldn't even find them on the rocks. They're very cute. It was it, kind of a special thing, I feel like, to It see. was magical. It was something we'll never forget. Never, yeah. you know, may not see them in the wild again, to mm-hmm. be honest. When we got back in the minibus, we boarded uh, our four-hour ride for the way home to Queenstown. Mm-hmm. This is a long day, as we talked about. We're talking 12 hours door-to-door. But well worth it. We watched the sunset over the lake in town. We had dinner and then we headed home. Yep. And that's where we are now. Spending our last full day in New Zealand before we head to Brisbane tomorrow. We have loved our time here so much. We wish we had more. Uh, The nicest people. All the sheep. But if you are a person who loves nature, natural beauty camping hiking sports outdoor sports of all kinds come to new zealand this is your town it's your country <laughs> it's your, on the whole yes <laughs> it's your country come come to new zealand okay we are going to take a quick break before we get into our love and learn for episode 6.2 of address unknown and also kind of 6.1 All right, my dear, give us your love and your learn. My love could be so many things. We have done and seen so much while in New Zealand, but I'm going to go with something pretty personal, and that is the amount of gluten-free offerings in this country. This country is incredible. You go into a cafe, and every cafe has gluten-free bread. They have two to three desserts that are gluten-free, You go into a restaurant, you tell them that you're gluten-free, they have the menu all prepared, they're ready, they're willing, and they want to help you make sure that you're able to maintain your gluten-free lifestyle. My learn, uh, I'm going to get a little preachy here for a second, New Zealand talks a lot about how they are a very green country. They are when you look at uh, you know, the trees and the greenery all over, but they're talking about it and how they treat the environment. And not so long ago, there was an article that came out very widespread about how New Zealand was the first country to ban single-use plastic bags in grocery stores. So bags that you would put your produce in, for example, let's just say like broccoli or loose mushrooms or something. And that is true. You go to the grocery store and there are brown paper bags for you to put your produce in. But there is still a single 
ear of corn that is wrapped in plastic. All of your salad stuff comes in a plastic bag. Um, you go on these tours and they all say that they're not going to be giving you single-use water bottles anymore, but they bring you to you know, a gas station or a cafe and that's where you have to buy your single-use water bottle. Everybody here vapes. It's incredible. And everybody, for the most part, is using those, I don't, I don't know if they're single-use or they have a couple uses, but plastic vapes that not only are plastic, they also have a lithium ion battery in them that they then have to throw away because they don't last that long. So just because you say you're green, I'm not really seeing the action of green in a lot of places. Okay. All right. And what about you, Farber? What's your love? Uh, my love, and this is a pretty obvious one, but the Milford Sound. I'd never seen anything like it before. I don't know if there's anything else like it in the world. We'll find out. But the Milford Sound was be absolutely beautiful. So loved it. It is a long day. We talked about this. And it's costly. But one thing we did not mention, you can fly back from mm-hmm. Milford Sound to Queenstown direct. It cuts a four-hour bus ride down to 45 minutes. Much more expensive. But if you're here for a short time, I would, it is much more expensive. It is about $600 a person. But if you have the money and not so much time, then it's worth it. Okay. My learn uh, in this case, and kind of ironic, but Queenstown is touristy. I don't think this is something we should gloss over. If you expect to find all these extreme sports, this high-end dining experiences, and countless vineyards in close proximity, it's not going to be remote. It's not going to be cheap. And certainly it's not going to be lacking the crowds. The learn here is that, you know, Queenstown, be ready to greet lots and lots of people. It is a multicultural tourist town. There's a bunch going on. So get ready for the crowds. Still a great place in my book. And that's my uh, my love and learn. Okay, great. Cool. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for listening. We just had a lot to cover. As we said, we've crammed a lot in. Uh, while we've been in New Zealand. So thank you for listening to hopefully not only episode 6.1, but also this episode 6.2. So until next time, this has been Address Unknown. Bye. Bye.